got Kamish and, well, just me, just Kamish. Right? Unless Bo, I guess she's here, you could count her. So, yeah, I'm going to try doing a solo run at this, saying that people demand uh, a podcast or two each week, and my co-host has broken his phone and therefore can't make it. Well, we tried, um, but apparently the laptop doesn't work, and you have to have the app, of which you can't use, as we know, because his screen is broken, um, since we had the joy with the uh, fake WhatsApp trades yesterday. So I'm going to try and do, I guess, more of a brief review on what happened in week four, and shit, I need to move that ticking clock because already it is annoying me. So let's get this clock out of the room. Here we go. Right, and then we can dive into some matchups. I will start with um, catch 22, 21st and hind. No, actually, let's go the dollar and the chumps, seeing as this was the, what, 13th occasion in which these two had met. <clears throat> first of 13 matches, or was it first of 12? Whichever it was, they've played each other more than anyone else in this league. Um, and it was a grinder out, low scoring affair, really. Uh, the Chumps winning 86.5 to 66, which sends the dollar to one and three on the year and a three game losing streak after his opening uh, week win. And um, the reigning champion now sits at two and two, where I feel like a lot of people seem to be sitting. So, where did they go wrong for the dollar? That Saints game with the Cowboys, really. I think I said in the previous pod that it had a sneaky feeling of it being a low score grinder because this had happened last year either last year or the year before, where the Saints and Cowboys have come up against each other, and just however these teams play defence, just seems to swarm what the other team wants to do, and it's just grinded out. So it's 12-10, which I'm guessing is like five field goals in the game, and a, and a lone touchdown by Zeke. So he only managed 17 points from uh, from Deke, or Zach, however you want to call them, and it seemed doable at the start. I think it was, he needed maybe a 20-point game from each of them to get it done. Maybe with Breeze, that's slightly different if the, if the Saints were able to push the pace, but they didn't, so yeah, it was, a, it was a down week. And I suppose that may sting a little for Finn because he did just trade away Aaron Rodgers um, for, for Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, Jeffrey scored his TD on Thursday Night Football, so that was fine. But it will be slightly annoying for Finn, I, I know, to see trading away Aaron Rodgers, who went up to put 25 points, uh, which I'm not sure would have changed the outcome in the game. 67 to 86. No, it wouldn't have changed the outcome in the game. It would have put him closer, but it's not nice to see someone go for 25 and then your replacement you put in go for seven. Um, Delaney again was disappointing. It felt like a perfect little fill-in for, for an early uh, Kittle bye week, Delaney Walker. He only got four receiving yards and played way reduced snaps. Uh, I'm not sure if that just was a niggling injury or some uh, or it wasn't needed. I know he's playing less rundowns and they're basically throwing Johnny Smith out there to do the majority of the uh, dirty work that Delaney obviously has, has done enough in his career and doesn't need to do anymore. But yeah, only four yards with Delaney against Atlanta. And especially when Marcus throws three touchdowns, I, I'm not sure he's ever thrown three TDs in his career before, three TDs plus, without one of them going to Delaney. So that's disappointing for Finn. And Keenan Allen, who was probably everyone's receiver one on the week. He certainly was my receiver one in the uh, me versus Dick's Chumbo All-Star fantasy lineup. And he only got 48 uh, scoreless yards. Although there was, I think he had like a 70-yard or 65-yard um, touchdown callback for I think offensive pass interference. So that'd be disappointing for the dollar. Edelman only 30 yards. Um, he got 13 from the Titans D and nine from Crosby. Um, and he did manage to get his uh, goal line plunge from the barbershop, Peyton Barber. The, uh, as he said, the barbershop was open late uh, for, for the 55-40 game in LA. But on the whole, um, just a down week for the dollars, guys, really. Um, but it was, I guess, winnable with Jay only putting up 86 in the end. Corey Davis with 15 actually on Finn's bench and Jalen Samuels on 15 on the bench. So I'm, I'm sure if he'd have just risked some lineup options, there could have been a win there. But 
I think he probably chose a starting lineup we all would have chosen. No real, no regrets, should we say. On to Jay's side, uh, Wentz, steady 19.7 off a Thursday night football game where it looked like Finn had the advantage, really. Uh, 63 um, yards for Sony Michel on like 100 carries again. So he's, he's I guess, slightly improved yardage-wise over two of his three games that I had him for. Uh, but he didn't find the end zone like he had done for falling in for short scores like he did for me. It was Brandon Bolden who took it in from four yards. So just some Bellatrix the strange happening. Nick Chubb really, I guess, buoyed Jay's uh, points total and led into the victory. I suppose 165 rushing yards and three scores, 18 receiving yards. Good for 36.3, the highest fantasy score of the week. Uh, even a 15-point game from Chubb, and that's possibly a, a win for Finn. So, yeah, sometimes when you, when the other guys don't do anything, like 63 scoreless rushing yards for Sony, 44 scoreless receiving yards for DJ Moore, 32 scoreless receiving yards for Calvin Ridley, 85 scores receiving yards for Travis Kelsey and 51 scores receiving yards for Tyler Lockett and only three points for Goskowski with another PAT miss. Um, that's when you need someone to lift you. And uh, the Chubb did, did lift the lineup, really. For it. That's quite an outstanding how, how poorly the rest of his team had played, only for one guy to explode and save the day for him. <clears throat> Obviously, he, his score could have been bigger, but he dropped his defence because he wanted to pick up Andy Dalton for next week. Uh, fresh off his 171 yards, uh, one in, one fumble, three-point performance on Sunday Night Football. Or Monday Night Football, should I say. Um, AP, who we'd slated as the guy to trade for this week and play, only getting 28 yards. Latavius, I think, is probably droppable now. 108 yards of Diggs, though, and another fumble. That's two in four games, but I'm not sure Ryan's going to be so happy about seeing... 100 yards with Diggs the moment he ships him away. Rashad Penny inactive. Uh, I guess an MVS played on Thursday night with 47 yards. And he has the Panthers defence on his bench. I'm not sure if maybe, were the Panthers the team he picked up or Dalton. And maybe I got that wrong. Either way, I guess he's got a team for next week if it's a DST or a QB. <clears throat> so let's move to the big dog. And the fellow versus the fellowship of the unicorn. I'm not sure. No, he was. He's changed his name this week, so he wasn't the, the fellowship of the unicorn, was he? He was uh, something like Mean Street Kennels or something with the, with his Snoop Dogg picture. So something very subtle. And he almost got doubled up. It was a uh, 102 to 55.5. Um, Andrew and Andrew moved to three and one. Uh, the unicorn falls to two and two. And I think just as expected, really, when, when the Unicorns receivers have down weeks, they have down weeks. It was 69 yards for John Brown, 22 yards for Marquise Brown, and uh, nine yards for Michael Hardman. But he also had a fumble, so it was negative points. Uh, Brett Meyer, whose leg just hasn't been a wonderland for the Unicorn. It's a 5.7 points, 7 points, 4 points. Might be time just to look elsewhere, I think. And the Rams' defense, to be fair, still managing to get six points after giving conceding 49 points. So... They obviously were penalised the maximum amount for points conceded, but did manage to get the touchdown when the guy got absolutely rocked at the end. Austin Hooper chipped in with 130 yards, and uh, Kamara did his thing with 89 all-purpose yards, but without getting into the end zone in obviously the fantasy wasteland that was that Dallas game. He didn't really have a hope. He needed huge games from Russell Wilson uh, in the desert, but he only got... Uh, 240 yards and a passing score. So only a 14-point game for Russ, a 9-point game for Kamara. Matteson obviously didn't really get a chance to do much. His value only really coming when the Vikings are up ahead by multiple scores and they can take Dalvin out and run him into the ground. So he only had 13 all-purpose yards. 
Uh, so it looks like, yeah, no no skill position touchdowns at all for the Unicorn this week. And his bench, well, he only left, it was Deontay Johnson, the Steelers wide receiver three, I guess now. Chitting with 77 yards and a score last night, who I think he has already said is available for, for WAB. So get your bids in. But yeah, a, a real low point for the Unicorn, 55, uh, 55 points. When those receivers don't boom, it can drag everything down. And obviously losing Saquon was huge. We know he's doing his public auction for Kamara this evening. Uh, we'll see what he gets. I suppose he'll be looking for to at least pick up someone to replace Kamara, maybe at 80% of the Kamara production. But then his big upgrade, I guess, is he's looking for someone to take the RB2 handle away from Alexander Mattison and into the hands of someone who, I guess, plays the majority of downs. Uh, what he, if he's, I still think he'd probably be worthwhile packaging up maybe some receivers or tight end or. I don't know, trying to pick something off the wire. Uh, I'd always like to try and keep my studs together if possible. But I think if it was 0-4 or 1-3, and it'd feel completely necessary. At 2-2, two and two, I'm not sure you need to blow everything up. But this is Sol. He's a, been a champion. I've not. Um, at the time, I usually question his moves. It works out terribly for for me and uh, excellently for him. So good, good luck with your auction, buddy. On to the big dog then with his 102 points. He was... Quite proudly saying how, voila, I'm on 100 and I've got Juju still to go. So Juju just chipped in with 15 yards to to knock him up to 102. Pat Mahomes, with what I would assume is his florist game of the season, 18 points. So 300 yards passing um, and 54 rushing yards. And probably his season high rushing output this season, showing some wheels, I guess, on key fourth down conversions against the Lions a lot on that uh, final drive. They had, what, three one-yard rushing touchdowns, and they had obviously the 99-yard fumble return uh, touchdown. So I don't think there's going to be many year, many games or many games ever in his career where he's going to throw 315 passing yards without a score. Uh, so to still put up 18 points is, is nice. Derek Henry, 100 yards exactly on the ground uh, with eight receiving yards to put up 10.8. Marlon Mack, only 39 yards, but we're hearing he left injured, the extent of which we don't know. Jay has said he's having x-rays and opinions, so we'll see. Um, Mike Evans saved his day with that monster touchdown in the 55-40 blowout game to put up 14.9. Evan Engram looked like to be in a, a big spot again, but only 54 yards. Uh, Fournette, obviously fresh from leaving the Tinkerman and going to uh, going back to his, his home kennel, put up 225 rushing yards and 20 receiving yards with 24.5 fantasy points. So outside of the Evans touchdown, it really was just yardage everywhere for uh, for Seabon with Henry and Fournette um, combining for basically 330 yards. Goker is but another 10 points uh, with just one miss and the Chargers defense who I guess he paid up for to hold for this week against Miami started off a bit slow but like anyone with Miami they ended up doing well in the end only 10 points conceded five sacks in the pick got 13 points. So sort of weird like he said this this whole week on the on the chat I think afterwards about when the games were happening that it felt like he was going to lose to the unicorn or his team was doing shit, nothing was happening. So for his players to look like on paper, especially on the score sheet that they've underperformed and still churn out over 100 points is is big, I guess. Lens 200 yards plus sort of put him over there in the end. Procise on the bench got a short touchdown, but I think he only had about five snaps or four touches or something. Obviously, Rojo was on his bench on the on this game week for 70 yards and a score and 12 receiving yards. He has obviously since been traded for Sammy Watkins and Christian Kirk with 43 yards. But that ankle injury, sort of the knee twist anyway at the very end and that bitter 
pointless drive that they were, I think, just basically doing so Larry Fitz could get his record. Um, Kurt got wrapped around, rolled over. I don't think we've heard anything on it yet over the severity of it. It just says could miss time with ankle injury. So I I guess it's not um, a season ender, but it certainly didn't look good. And obviously, Tevin Coleman was on a bye, and he is slated to return next week. So we won't, I don't think he's going to slot into the backfield at all. He looks like he'll just be bi-week cover with Henry, Mack, and Fournette. And obviously, with Sammy entering the fold, it'll probably be pick your matchup for Sammy and Juju. But on the whole, the big dog continues to look strong. And if he's putting up 100 points with mostly questionable output from his players, he looks well on his way to possibly another scoring crown. So on to the Roaches against Bush Johnson. Um, it was an 86.98 for the Roaches, and he lost to Haggis' 97.18. So again, another Haggis win with the opponents scoring under 90. But at least this time he did put up 97, so I, you know, I can't be too mad. Still less than my, my average points for, but you know, whatever. So how did it go down? Well, he traded, Haggis traded for... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, before the game week started, um, plugged him in and got 25 points. And they must have felt very good about that because he maybe he wasn't considering or he wasn't too confident in Jameis. I mean, Jameis had just put up 25 points the week before, um, but he went with, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, got the stud, plugged him in, 25 points, excellent. Although Jameis Winston then, on on the uh, one of the later games on Sunday, put up 29 of his own as the Bucks offense seems to be exploding into life. <clears throat> so uh, I guess another sort of a depth piece for Haggis to try and move. Uh, LaShawn McCoy chipped in with uh, basically what, 80 yards and a touchdown and uh, you know looked good doing it. He's doing his holding the ball like a loaf of bread, sticking out wildly and dangerously, uh, but his cuts look great. You know, he looks sort of rejuvenated in that offense, basically forget everything that happened in Buffalo. Uh, I think it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. I guess questions of if it sort of is just becoming a two to three man um, backfield and what will happen when sort of... Um, Williams comes back and if he's healthy, where's he starting Shady-wise? But I think as long as, you know, Shady's healthy, you just keep flexing him and putting him out there, really. Uh, he's, I guess, a likelihood for a big play or a touchdown each week. Um, and that's what he got this week with his 14.9 points. Chris Carson over 100 yards, again on the ground, and 41 receiving yards, 14.5 points. I guess the Seattle coaching staff, or Pete Carroll especially, continued to put his faith in uh, Chris Carson after the multiple lost fumbles, uh, I think four in the first three weeks. No fumble for Carson this week and just like dominated 22 rushes for over 100 yards. And I think he was credited with about uh, 15 or 15 or 20 missed tackles, something on the week where uh, I think it's like one of the highest ever recorded or something with that amount of carries. So looking sprightly, I guess, for Hackett's looking good. And he gets a, a short week to face the Rams, home against the Rams this week on Thursday Night Football, who just got pretty gutted by Ronald Jones. So. Looking good for Carson. Josh Gordon, only 46 yards. And I guess it's time to wonder maybe if this Josh Gordon thing is going to work out like you wanted. He got 73 yards in a score in week one. But since then, it's been 19 yards, 83 yards, 46 yards uh, and no scores. We know the Pats changed their matchups each and every week. Uh, but it did, I did think the sort of departure of Antonio Brown freed up Josh Gordon to be the true number one. Um, not an easy week, though, Buffalo, Tredavious White. It should open up a lot more. The Redskins, the Giants, the Jets, the next three. So I think if Josh Gordon's ever going to show that this season he has some serious upside, it's going to be the next three weeks. Adam Thielen followed up his uh, 55-yard receiving, and uh, sorry, followed up his 17.6 fantasy points with two touchdowns last week. He had the receiving touchdown on a long bomb and the rushing touchdown. He followed that up with six yards. So 
you know, just go to show you the sort of output Haggis gets for his players when he plays me. Just six yards per season. I think he actually came out publicly and he said now that, you know, we're going to have to start throwing the ball more. You can't just run it 40 times and expect to win. So maybe there's some frustration brewing in, uh, brewing in Minnesota as uh, as Mike Zimmer just wants to keep on running it 45 times a game. Uh, OJ Howard, only 33 receiving yards. And again, this is one where if you think the score is 55, so the Bucks put up 55 points and Jameis has thrown 385 yards and four passing touchdowns. OJ Howard's own had 33 receiving yards. In fact, OJ Howard's highest point total of the season was 66 yards. When was that? Yes, you already know. It was last week against me. Uh, he already has a goose egg as well in week two. So I think where Howe was drafted and, you know, he was someone I was targeting quite highly as well as that making a jump into sort of at least, you know, the top half of tight end, certainly a top six player. He has not delivered that at all. Um, so I guess, you know, you're not dropping him, you're not trading him, you're just holding him and rolling him out. Uh, Saints this week, then the Panthers. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess probably going to be slightly disappointed with how, how it's doing so far. <clears throat> he had Amari Cooper, uh, 48 yards against the Saints. And again, that Saints game was just not good for anyone. Anything to do with fantasy. Cooper had been on a tear, really. 16 points, 10 points, 20 points. Uh, 20 points last week again. So you know who that was against. Uh, follows up with obviously 4.8 points this week. But I think he's, all, you know, he's a locked in, uh, very high two, low end one for Hadkiss. Uh, the kicker, Jason Myers, nine points. And the Bears defense, he got 20 points from the Bears defense in their win over the Vikings. So 97 points in total by Hackis. And it was basically buoyed by uh, QB play, his running backs, and then the, the kicker and special teams. He got absolutely nothing from his uh, for his receivers flex or tight end. But the, sort of the top of the score sheet and the bottom of the score sheet were enough to, to get him over the hump. On his bench, he's still got AJ Green, who I think is uh, running again now, uh, running the side field. So maybe we'll see him return within the next month. Frank Gore put up another 100 yards uh, rushing this time against the Patriots. Uh, Kenyon Drake was 73 all-purpose yards. And that, I don't want to say, because Miami offense maybe now with Josh Rosen isn't awful. Like Devontae Parker seems somewhat usable now. You know, he's, if Drake's going to mix in and, and chip in sort of 30 receiving yards, 40 rush yards each week, possibly that's maybe someone who you could sell to solve for like a lower, you know, one of his bottom of the bench players or something. If it's anyone there that interests you, because... He could just plug him in at RB2 and hope, I suppose. Uh, Mike Williams was inactive, I guess, because he scored zero against Miami. Otherwise, that's not great. And uh, Ty Johnson, the Detroit back, who has really taken a backseat to carry on Johnson. Uh, only 14 all-purpose yards. Carry on the complete workhorse now, it seems. Uh, the Roaches. So the 86, eight, basically 87 points from the Roaches. Um, kicked off with Jared Goff, who threw like one of the highest ever passing totals like in league history. 517 passing yards, um, two touchdowns. With three picks, I think he actually tied Drew Bledsoe's record for the most completions in a game, which is like 40-something, 45. So, yeah, he's a joint NFL record holder. Uh, that only got him 20.68 points, I guess, because he had three picks and a fumble. So eight points lost uh, to turnovers. Joe Mixon, he needed 100 and a score for the win, uh, and he only got the 63 all-purpose. Uh, he did have an incredible blitz pickup where he legitimately killed a dude, uh, but... You know, we don't score for that in this league yet. I'm sure we could make a case for it next year. Daryl Williams, the, the Chiefs guy he picked up, uh, two short uh, rushing touchdowns um, and 43 receiving yards, gave him 15.6 points. And he has filled in admirably. But I think Kitch picked up Daryl Williams on a free, basically, before that game started when there was news at... Um, I can't remember the D of his other Williams. D -d -d not D'Angelo, that's all I get to think. Damien. Yeah, so when Damien Williams was announced inactive... 
or trending that way. Kitch just went and snagged Daryl Williams uh, from the pile, I think. Didn't clear waivers or anything. I think he was just picked up. And he immediately chipped in with 100 all-purpose last week. And then he's got, obviously, 15.6 this week. So I think he's basically scoring exactly like Damian Williams probably would have scored. So it's a nice piece of business from Roach just to uh, to plug the holes of the, of, the sh- of the ship. Julio Jones, only 53 yards against Tennessee, who are just proving to be, I guess, a, a tough fantasy matchup for any and all positions. DK Metcalf, only six yards in the game against Arizona. Uh, I think everyone was hoping for better. I think people thought, as well, especially that Seattle was going to explode on that game against Arizona, who can't seem to cover anybody. But only six yards, really. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, only one reception, uh, four targets. So I don't think he had... I mean, Landry went off on his bench, but I don't think anybody's ever starting Landry. But when you have to scroll down and see 167 receiving yards on your bench, it's not fantastic, even if it was somebody you were never playing. Darren Waller, only 53 yards, which I think is his lowest point output of the season. It was just an incredible pickup, really. Was it a late-round draft pick of Kitch's? One of his many, many, many late-round draft picks. Yeah, tight end five on the year. Uh, again, another eight targets, grab seven and 53 yards. I'm like, the touchdown is coming. Maybe not this week against Chicago uh, and then a bye, but then you have to think the touchdowns will come. I guess it was annoying for any Darren Wall owner to see the Fabian Moreau touchdown from, from Derek Carr anyway. Cortland Sutton, though, he flexed. That was a tinker recommendation over Nelson Aguilar, and he repaid that with uh, 62 receiving yards and two touchdowns, maybe proving he is the number one receiver to own in Denver. Matt Bryan, I mean, the process did say home dome favourite, uh, but unfortunately they only scored 10 points and Matt Bryant missed a sort of chip shot field goal that clanged off the post. So only four points. And Kitch's kicker woes continue. Where I think he's had a four, a one and a zero uh, in, in some of his four scores. Uh, Texans put up a respectable 11 points. Uh, but on the whole, it was just sort of a flourish week for Kitch. I think Roach has scored over 90 every single week. This is 87. So it's pretty much right at his floor again. He just didn't get the help he needed. Um, didn't get you know, any sort of a long touchdown or one sort of breakout performance elsewhere. Uh, it was just a floor week. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough for him to get over to go over Tagus. So he falls to one and three on the year now, uh, which isn't all doom and gloomy yet. We've had plenty of people start one and three, one and four, one and five, uh, get to the playoffs. But it's it's not nice when you're thinking you're already two games behind 500 and it does put a lot of pressure on you next week because staring one and four in the face isn't fun. Hikis moves to two and two. Uh, well, I guess seems a lot of people are. They're incredibly uh, condensed standings, it feels like. And he'll be feeling again, I think, that his team can continue to score a good floor each week. So Wolverhampton Wasters versus Triple Z, Daragotha Zooting Zorro. Signs of life for the Wasters. 102.7 versus 73.5. It brings Ant to two and two, and it sends Rich to two and two after a two game, after a two game, uh, on a two game losing streak, should I say? Yeah, so he started off two and and he's dropped the last two. So now he's sitting at two and two with the rest of the pack. And I don't really know where it's gone wrong for Rich because after week one and after the draft, we basically were saying he had the strongest team, you know, in the league and he had depth everywhere and studs at positions and it was all, all signals go. He's, he's had a bit of an issue with not picking the right guy each week. So, for example, this week he rocked out um, Demarcus Robinson in his receiver spot and put Bobby Woods on the bench after Bobby Woods had played the first three weeks for him. And then this is the Bobby Woods game where he came out for 164 yards. 
But I mean, Deshaun Watson, again, only 11.6 points. So outside of Deshaun's, he's basically just good, bad, good, bad Deshaun. He's been 30, 12, 25, 11. Um, he's been saving his poor games, his very, very poor games of rushing touchdowns. If he doesn't get a rushing touchdown in those week two and week four games, he's basically putting up six points those weeks. So it looks like anyway, as the pattern shows, 30, 12, 25, 11, he's due for another 25 to 30 pointer and just happens to be facing the Falcons um, at home. And then he's on the road at the Chiefs, and then he's on the road at the Colts, and then he's home against Oakland. So it's sort of lined up now to see four weeks of potential smash spots for Deshaun Watson anyway. Mark Ingram, uh, after 31 points last week and three scores, only 71 yards against the Browns this week and no touchdowns. Josh Jacobs with 100 all-purpose yards, but no scores. So 10.8 points. Again, after Josh Jacobs is uh, week one, Two touchdown explosion for 23 points. It's sort of just been uh, sort of grinded out 99 yards, 44 yards, 100 yards here and there. So, Rich probably hoping for more scores with the amount of opportunities being had in and around the, the goal line. Sterling Shepard, who I think was mocked as a drop candidate only two weeks ago, has uh, sort of shot himself to relevance really with uh, Daniel Jones under center. So, ever since Daniel Jones has been in the lineup, he's had 20 points last week and then 9.9 points this week. So, pretty much 100 yards every single week with Daniel Jones in the centre and a touchdown last week. So it's sort of seeming like at least Shepard is certainly startable every week. Mark Andrews, his tight end, returned to form uh, and snagged a, a touchdown on 31 yards and eight targets. So after last week's sort of 1.5 blip, he was back up to 9.1 uh, and that's good for tight end three on the year. I mean, he really is playing limited snaps and he's got that foot injury, but he seems to be good for an opportunity at a touchdown every single week and tight end is so scary within it which has got to feel good about that anyway. So James Conner revival, 83 receiving yards on Monday Night Football, uh, 42 rushing yards and the receiving touchdown. <clears throat> there was, I guess, a moment where he left injured with the injury scare and Jalen Sam Samuels had a lot of work, but Conner came back in, obviously got the touchdown and, and I guess you're feeling a little better. There were serious concerns uh, about Conner early on. With his output, six and a half points, ten and a half points, three point seven points—not a lot. So he's uh, he's basically matched his season production to this point uh, with this win against the Bengals. So possibly sign of better things to come. He's now up to RB twelve on the year, but he does get Baltimore next week. So we'll see. I guess you know. I think Rich would have been hoping for more Connor certainly to start the first three weeks. One of the most disappointing uh, first round producers. Kami Fairbairn, the kicker, only four points, and he played the Ravens D again, and it's minus one points against the Browns this time. So. The Ravens are slowly getting worse. They was 15 points in week one, then five points, then zero points, then minus one points. So maybe they're uh, due for sort of minus four if the pattern's continuing. On his bench, Larry Fitz, uh, only 47 yards. Uh, again, we mentioned Bobby Woods already, 165 yards on the bench. DJ Chark, who seems to be having good real-life chemistry with Gardner Minshew, but they only equated to 44 yards uh, in Denver. David Montgomery. 67 all-purpose yards, and I think his snap counts have been going something like 20%, 30%, 50%, 70%. So it looks like the, the backfield now has shifted um, heavily in Montgomery's favour, and he now gets to place the Raiders uh, before his bye week. So Rich may want to consider putting in Monty this week. Uh, and Miles Sanders with 72 rushing yards of his own. He looked good on Thursday Night Football. Took, um, took he had a long, long run early on. Uh, but again, it seems to be almost a three-headed backfield now with Jordan Howard, who's getting all the red zone work. Uh, Mal Sanders getting the work in the 20s and Sproles mixing in on the passing downs. Or I think it was almost a, a dead even sort of 25 snaps 
a piece. So we'll have to see. Devin Singletary was out injured for the past two weeks. We'll see if he's back this week against Tennessee. But again, that's not a nice matchup for him anyway. So I imagine he stays on Rich's bench. Philly Riv for the Wasters. Uh, 20 points against Miami. Sort of easy, does it? I think he's played in the past couple of weeks and had 20 points a week from him. So he's he's getting the job done. 300 and a couple of scores. Devontae Freeman with 10 points and 100 all-purpose yards. But I guess that feels more than it looked like when you watch that game against the Titans. The Falcons couldn't really get anything going. And Devontae sort of saved his day with uh, receiving work out of the backfield. 72 receiving yards. Uh, he's lost another two offensive linemen to injury, I think. So, I mean, there, there is... I'd be happy. You know, there are Freeman concerns. He was he was high up on my board, and twice I um, passed over him to take other people on draft day, just with a weird gut feeling on the day. So it looks look, that looks to play out to be true, mainly because uh, their offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter, he just doesn't seem to want to run the football at all. I think this was the case when uh, he was last in Atlanta and Freeman was there. He just doesn't run the ball at all. And I think like the following year, the offensive coordinator changed in Atlanta, and Freeman was like the number one back in fantasy. And obviously, Cutter's come back. And I think even if we saw in Tampa Bay with Dirk Cutter, he just wants to throw it 45, 50 times a game. And there's just, there's just not enough uh, running plays really to make to make backs fantasy relevant. So, mildly concerning for Ant. It wouldn't be an issue if he still had the number one back in, uh, in San Diego, because I refuse to uh, accept that they're an LA team. Uh, as Austin Eckler sort of maybe gave him a farewell, 25 points, 120 all-purpose yards, one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. Uh, the overall RB2 for the first four weeks um, of the season, 33 points, 17 points, 18 points, uh, 8 points, 24 points. Uh, so sort of, you know, I'm all for drafting. We didn't know when Melvin was going to come back at all. And it's been a superb pickup, really, because for the first month of the season, he's likely propelled, you know, helped Ant win two games and two early wins are vital. We'll see, have to say, wait and see what happens with Eckler. I mean, I don't think Mel's going to walk back into, he was only a 65-ish percent player last season anyway. Uh, so I imagine those probably stay the same, but it's a gut punch, basically. Eckler's going from, I guess, all the goal line work, all the green zone touches, all the work, um, sort of RB, weekly RB1 play, down to sort of a flex play. He's really, really, really going to need his receivers, his big-name receivers to step up. Odell Beckham with only 20 yards this week. So Beckham's had a seven-point game, a five-point game, and a two-point game uh, with just a one-blow-up game against the Jets where he took a slant to the house when basically they had no one on him and were playing cover one with the safety really, really shallow. So just basically begging Odell to run past him for a touchdown. Now, it does seem to line up. He gets the Niners at San Francisco on Monday Night Football this week and then the Seahawks the following week before going on the bye. The Browns offense looked did look better last week, although I guess that helps when Chubb is just running in touchdowns from about 80 yards out. And I don't know if you saw, but on the advanced stats metrics, the, the on-the-field bits, Baker Mayfield running down the field behind uh, Nick Chubb as he's scoring his touchdown. Uh, he managed to hit 18 miles an hour himself on that run. So joyous Baker Mayfield sprinting down the field. Um, I have to imagine, yeah, the Vultures will be circling for Odell Beckham now. And to... Uh, to quote somebody, Ant feels ripe for a trade, what with his seemingly lost a running back, Tyreek injured, Odell not performing. Um, there may be an opportunity to to sell him some usual pieces. Michael Thomas put up 95 yards with Teddy Bridgewater under centre. Nine targets, caught all of them. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a Teddy Bridgewater ceiling game or not, but he, he doesn't seem to want to push the ball down the field. The sooner Drew Brees can come back, the better. 
Jason Witten, 50 receiving yards. Um, looks worse because he had a fumble, so only three points. And John Ross, only 36 receiving yards. Although on the highlights, he looked like he made some good contested grabs, which is promising because usually he, you know, he's he's been tending to drop a fair few a game. So to see him make some contested catches on the sideline uh, was positive. Joe Sly, kicker one, the true kicker one, Joey Sly, with uh, with 12 points. And the Seahawks defense uh, with 18 points. I think he dropped the Giants defense to pick up the Seahawks defense. And the Giants defense were actually the number one defense on the week. So I guess Ant's pretty good at picking his defense if he can drop a 25-pointer to pick up an 18-pointer. Cam Newton remains on the bench. And I just feel that's he's a drop candidate. Um, Malcolm Brown, who's done nothing since week one, really. But that entire LA backfield's not really doing much. Obviously, Tyreek, uh, who should be back in two weeks, I think, possibly. Ito Smith, vulture a touchdown from... Uh, Devante and Royce Freeman put up 50 all-purpose in what is an exactly 50-50 backfield. I think I saw um, some stats break down where the routes run, the targets, the carries, the receptions, everything between Royce and Lindsay is pretty much exactly 50-50 down the middle. So um, would be great for either Hein or Ant if one of the other one of those backs would get injured. <clears throat> so catch 22, 124.24. And 20 plus and Hine, 69.88. So it was the 18 points from Devante Adams on Thursday Night Football, which put, which put HTC at, I think, like, again, another 90% sleeper favourite. I think he's lost each of these weeks where sleeper has sort of told him he's going to win in the 90th percentiles. Only 15 points from Matt Ryan. Again, that Tennessee game didn't really help anybody apart from uh, AJ Brown, who nobody had. James White, 58 yards uh, in the Patriots win against Buffalo. It felt more like a James White game as they were uh, sort of attacking the the linebackers in coverage, but only a 16-point scored anyway by the Patriots. Uh, It wasn't really a fancy useful game for anyone not named Brandon Bolden. Keyshawn? Kerry on Johnson. So I guess the real bright spot for Hine is that the trading away of CJ Anderson has transformed Kerry on Johnson into a full-blown workhorse. He's getting all the snaps, he's getting all the high-value touches, even if he is fumbling them at the goal line for a 99-yard fumble return touchdown. So 125 rush yards, 32 receiving yards, obviously in the fumble, good for 13.7 points. But Kerryon, to me anyway, looks like with that workload, he's firmly entrenched himself in the um, RB1 conversation. Basically, since CJ Anderson's gone, it's been 14 points, 10 points, 13 points. Um, and the yardage and snaps... Uh, definitely there. He's obviously on the bye now. And then he comes back against the Packers, Vikings, Giants, Raiders. So Hein can be feeling good anyway. He's uh, 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 Kerry on Johnson has has rewarded his faith. Luke Hopkins, another quiet game. Only 4-1 receiving yards, but thanks to his ill-advised um, interception thrown, uh, only 2.1 points. It was a terrible cross-field play on a terrible trick play, and uh, it certainly didn't help him. After Nuke's big week one of 23 points, it's been four points, six points, two points. Uh, now, again, he has a dreamy schedule opening up against the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Raiders in the next four weeks. So you'd hope that he will sort of ascend to the uh, higher ranks of the receiver scoring, the high ranks, should we call them, where he's only ranked 22 so far on the year. Uh, yes, Devante Adams with his 180 receiving yards and Thursday night football, high stepping down the sideline. Uh, I'm not quite making it into the end zone. He's got the turf toe, which is not great. Uh, he's definitely not going to practice. I imagine he probably misses this week. The pro football doc seems to think possibly two weeks, uh, but it's not a nice injury. Uh, it's basically a killer. Like for running backs and receivers, uh, turf toe will 
will just it's not great. It probably makes you as effective as me out there. Greg Olson, only five receiving yards. The sort of tight end yo-yo performances continue, although he fresh off the back of 11 and a 19.5, only five yards, uh, which is surprising. Gets Jacksonville next week. But again, there's nothing better out there really in the tight end landscape. So he's going to continue rolling him out. Brandon Cooks in the flex. Now in Cooper Cup. No, sorry, in Cooper Cup. <laughs> Jared Cuff, close to 515-odd yards. Uh, you'd maybe hope that Brandon Cooks would get more than 71, but he didn't. Still, he's a great flex. You're starting him every week. Um, he's not really had the big Cooksy game yet. He had 100 yards uh, last week. Still nine targets again this week. So, you know, the volume is definitely there. And you have to imagine he hits his shot play uh, sooner rather than later. Justin Tucker, stud kicker, just the five points. And the Jaguars defense, only two points. So, yes, Hine did go the entire game without a touchdown from anyone. So I think this is the first time, especially the Matt Ryan statistic, It's uh, it was quite incredible. It's not giving me the actual number here. Okay, so an 18-game run. So it's been 18 games where Matt Ryan has thrown at least a touchdown uh, in a game, and that streak ended for Hine. So he managed to get no touchdowns from anywhere. All nine players played um, no touchdowns. It's an impressive feat. Uh, got him 70 points. Manny Sanders on the bench for another 100 yards. From wide receiver 12 on the year. That's wide receiver one, Emmanuel Sanders. So if people are wanting to trade, there is a wide receiver one on the bench. Incredible. Chris Thompson, um, uh, I guess he's probably playing in next week as a bye week fill in, but he's actually been doing all right. Chris Thompson's running back 22 in the hind ranks 7 points, 5 points, 10 points, 6 points. He'll take those dump passes as long as he can go. Um, Tyrell the Gazelle Williams, 9.6 points. Another receiving touchdown. That's a four game streak of touchdowns. Guys, I think that is a sustainable and continued pattern. Was it once is random, twice is coincidence, three times is a trend? What about four times, guys? Four times. Wide receiver 18 in the high ranks. Uh, Tyrell Williams, 16 touchdowns this year. Curtis Samuel, only 33 yards. I think his air yards are pretty well, but outside of his sort of uh, touchdown last week, it's been it's at two three-point performances in four. So certainly nestling into that sort of boom. Sorry, not boom. Um, okay bust ratio um but i think the air the air yards is there and you would imagine the games will come but i mean is he really playing above wide receiver one emmanuel sanders and wide receiver two tyra williams i don't know phil Lindsay, whether gets to the bench 60 yards basically exactly the same as royce freeman because they're exactly the same player in fantasy and kyla murray only 16 points and i'm starting to think maybe that the hold kyla murray experiment has maybe two weeks left before you're just wasting a roster spot um, trading for a non-stud QB in the league doesn't tend to really happen anyway. And Kyler so far is ranked QB 14, so not even a one. Uh, 21 points, 16 points, 17 points, 16 points. He's starting to feel like more of a bi-week fill-in guy than someone who's worth rostering this entire time. Again, he's got the Bengals coming up, the Falcons, the Giants. So you'd hope in the next three weeks he can flash some sort of ceiling. Otherwise, it might be worth just cutting bait. So over to Catch-22 who is moved to 4-0 with this win. Uh, sorry, Hein has gone to 2-2, two two, again with a cluster of people after this loss. But Hein, uh, Nick, four wins in a row, 4-0. Keyed off by Matt Stafford, who was questionable with his hip injury. Uh, he turned around, played the game, almost 300 yards, three passing touchdowns, uh, good for 23 fantasy points in that. Heartbreaking loss for the Lions against the Chiefs, you know. It, sort of, as far as moral victories go, it, it really felt like they were they should have had should have had something there, but 
I mean, are the Lions good now? So is that the Lions 2-1-1, one and one, I think, possibly? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they are actually quite good. They they went uh, they went with the wire too with KC, so possibly. And the NFC North actually kind of looks a bit of a grabs now. With the Packers lost and they've not really looked impressive. The Bears have lost a quarterback, although the backup's probably better. And the Vikings just not being able to have any sort of passing game whatsoever. Uh, the NFC North does seem actually uh, about as open as the NFC South does at the moment. Christian McCaffrey just con- continuing to be superhuman. 93 rushing yards and a rushing score and 86 receiving yards. He's playing all the snaps. He's getting about 30 plus touches a game. This is basically like, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson usage back in his peak, just without the three touchdowns a week. Um, but certainly a, uh, the RB1 in the season, and outside of his weird five-point game in week two, it's 32 points, 24 points, 23 points. So, you know, more recently for us, this feels very much like like Todd Gurley used to look in, in Jay's lineup. Aaron Jones, RB2, who managed to get a short rushing touchdown, 21 yards on the ground and 37 in the air. His production, I guess, was boosted because Jamal Williams got stretched off when he was being held up and then someone came in and just clocked him. He obviously collapsed to the ground and got stretched off. But it's three straight double-digit point games for Aaron Jones now, who's RB11 on the year. And I guess he's in line to get more work if Jamal Williams does stay out or if, that, if they bring somebody up and continue to try and run. Um, I think they have another with Daryl. No, not Daryl Williams. He's the Chiefs, isn't he? Dexter Williams. They have like someone else they bring up and it'd be interesting to see if they're going to move to maybe more of a 60-40, 70-30 backfield with Jones or if it's just going to become again because it really was a 50-50 with Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones. And in fact, Williams was getting sort of the more important touches. So I guess good for Wadlow in that at least Aaron Jones now has a clearer path to uh, continued usage and touches um, as Aaron Rodgers lead back. 77 receiving yards for Alan Robinson, who's probably going to be thankful that Mitchell Trubisky is not throwing the ball anymore. A big Golladay day, big Golladay. 67 receiving yards and two receiving scores. He just toe-tapped one in. Um, I think it was interesting to note anyway that Amandola was out for this game. So Kenny Golladay played a season-high rate from the slot and he basically scored all his touchdowns. Both came, I think, as he started out in as his slot play. He'd been playing, I think, previously about 5 to 8% of the snaps in the slot. Uh, and this skyrocketed to like 60% or so this game. Uh, and he obviously made the most of that. So just something to be aware if Wadlow tries to package up Galladay for you based on this performance that it sort of relies on Amandola being out. Zach Ertz, a freshly traded for Tyler Lockett, uh, put up 65 receiving yards, which feels very much like an Ertzy game. You're going to get that big floor each week and you have to feel like, well, big floor in tight end terms. That's 54 yards, 72 yards, 64 yards, 65 yards. So very consistent scoring for Ertz. That's, and no touchdowns are still good enough for tight end eight. So you have to think anyway with the amount of receiving yards that have come that the touchdowns will follow. Uh, it was Dallas Goddard who got the one this weekend, and it's incredibly difficult to tell them apart on the field. I've been told that Dallas Goddard wears a sleeve on his left arm, and I think Ertz wears a sleeve on his right arm, right arm, and that's the easiest way to uh, to tell them apart. Chris Godwin exploded, 172 receiving yards and two touchdowns in the 55-40 game. Just a monster performance, and that's rocketed him up to wide receiver three on the year. So outside of his four-point game last week where Mike Evans was getting, you know, was the greasy wheel, was the squeaky wheel getting greased. Um, he's had 11 points, 18 points, 29 points. So Godwin does look uh, locked in as a wide receiver one uh, this year anyway, even if there's going to be some possible weekly variance when Evans has his big days. But everything, anyway, just um, the off-season hype, I guess. He was the guy who I think ADP had just been um, 
fed and fed and fed and fed and fed by the the pros, obviously all off season thinking that Godwin's going to be the guy and he was the hype. He was going to be the Larry Fitz and the Arians role. And I guess as of now, that's not disappointed. He has performed well above uh, his ADP. Same Gonzalez, only four points, missed two field goals and the Packers are minus points. They didn't get a sack or a fumble or a turnover and they considered 34 points. Uh, one more point would have given a, would have given a minus four. On his bench, he has the Golden Tate, who I believe is back next week because he served his four-game suspension. So Golden Tate, uh, ready to see how he mixes in with Daniel Jones. How is that going to affect uh, Evan Engram? How is that going to affect Sterling Shepard? Saying they're both slot guys. We'll see. Jordan Howard had the big three-touchdown performance on his bench. Um, I imagine, again, that's just sort of a confusing, annoying thing because it's going to be difficult to sell and you sort of feel like you probably need to consider flexing him now. So it's probably more of a headache than anything else. I guess bye week is going to come soon and you probably need him. Uh, Jamal Williams, I don't know the extent of his injury yet. It's just an apparent head-neck injury. I've, no more than that seems to be being announced. Matt Breeder, the Breeder fresh off his bye week. Uh, we'll see what happens now if Tevin Coleman's coming back. The, it's a bit strange because that nine's backfield's been a fantasy explosion for Raheem Mostert and for um, is it Josh Wilson. I might be wrong. Um, but Breeder's only had, what, three points, 13 points, and eight points. He's running the ball the best, but he's running the ball, you know, in the between the 20s. Baker Mayfield uh, showed some signs of life again, but it was only a 15-point game. So Baker's had nine points, 15, nine points, 15. Uh, I guess you can hold him if there's nothing better on the wire and you, and you think it's going to come good, but you know, I don't think there's anything. Production-wise, there's nothing telling you you have to take him. Like, you, what is he on the year in the hind ranks? QB23. Mm. And Dilly Dilly Disley. Um, as everyone has done against Arizona, he destroyed them uh, with a touchdown. I think the Cardinals have given up a touchdown to a tight end maybe every week or something. But that's uh, four, three games in a row with touchdowns for Disley, four touchdowns. Uh, he's now settled in at tight end six. I guess he's probably going to be in the back end of the tight end one ranks uh, all year um, as Russell Wilson's outlet. I mean, if you just look at his picture on the NFL, I just I can't imagine how this guy is a professional football player. He sort of looks a bit like a, a farmer. Um, yeah, that, that wraps up Wadlow's bench. So yeah, big win for Wadlow, who is what second in points scored, top of the top of the uh, weekly overall wins. Obviously, top of the table with his four wins, and can I guess comfortably now be looking ahead of, at the playoffs. I think our numbers for four and zero starts making the playoffs are probably up in the over ninety percent. So we'll finish up with the commission, me, King of Wishful Tinkering against Pimpinate Leedsy. It was 132.58 against 85.4. Uh, that sent me up to 2-2 two and two and Ryan down to 1-3 and three on a three-game losing streak. Um, it started off OK. I think I had a, a couple of Gorman touchdowns early. Obviously, the, what, $2 million man, if Gorman went for 61 web. Um, with the trade, Ravsy sent Leonard Fournette away and got Melvin Gordon back. Melvin Gordon was announced to be active, but I just could not believe that they would be playing him at all unless basically uh, Troy Main Pope and Austin Eckler both died as the game was never going to be competitive and he surely would have just pulled a hammy, as Melvin does. So he said on the bench, it meant I had to play uh, Goldman in RB2 and he went for 60 rushing yards and a score and 55 receiving yards and a score putting at 22 points and the other uh, Giants back fumbled on the goal line trying to get in. So I guess he's not going to get that opportunity again. Um, tougher matchup next week, I think it's Minnesota. But if the volume's there, then at least he can hopefully cover me. 
uh, in the RB2 slash flex spot for as long as Saquon stays out. Lamar Jackson, 24 points. Uh, again, sort of saved his day at the end. He got a junk 50-yard score to um, Willie Sneed in the, in the final minutes, which sort of boosted his day back above the 20-point mark. Uh, but again, his 66-yard uh, rushing floor uh, covered up um, for his two picks. And that's sort of, you know, I think we've seen now that both weeks, Lamar Jackson's the last two weeks has entered the fourth quarter and it's not looked great. And he's just managed to churn out fantasy relevance as he sits now as QB1 on the year. David Johnson, 99 receiving yards, uh, 40 rushing yards against Seattle. So another 13.9 points. Sort of thing he's doing each week now. He was 19 points in week one, seven points in week two, 12 points week three, 14 points week four. So he's settled in on the high ranks at RB7. And, uh, you know, 11, I think he must be one of the highest targeted backs in the league. He's doing most of his damage uh, through the air anyway, as the Cardinals don't seem to be able to run the ball much with their O-line anyway. Uh, Sammy Watkins chipped in 54 yards on, uh, and the fumble. Uh, he obviously had that touchdown batted out of his hands, which was frustrating. That would have been the first receiving touchdown I'd had uh, on my starting lineup on the year uh, from a receiver. Cooper Cup, uh, freshly traded for Sony Michel. Obviously made this trade because I wasn't getting any production at all from my receiver positions uh, and it definitely needed fixing. So I uh, went and got Cooper Cup, who Jay offered, and he turned in obviously 121 yards and a score. Uh, but the Rams put up 40 points and threw it, what, 65 times with 45 completions. So uh, we'll see how sustainable this production is. But in the high ranks, he sits at wide receiver two on the year now with a 4-12-22-18. So I guess I feel good now, but you know we'll see how sustainable it is with, with Goff looking pretty terrible. <laughs> Eric Ebron at tight end. Um, I've suffered so many injuries this year at tight end. It seems to be every year now that I've had to pluck in Ebron against the hapless Raiders. And on pretty much one of the last plays of the game, uh, he caught a pass after dropping, I think, I think he had a decent amount of targets. He had five targets and he dropped two of them. Three drops, three drops on five targets. Uh, he made his one grab count as uh, the, the defenders ran into each other and he scampered for the 48-yard score. And I hope for more of the same next week against the Chiefs. Uh, Will Fuller, only 23 yards. So I continue to roll out Will Fuller after 69 yards, 40 yards, 51 yards, 23 yards. And I sort of blindly hope and pray that the breakout game is coming as I check his air yards each week and be like, yep, this is the week, this is the week, this is the week. Uh, We'll see. He's wide receiver 65 in the hind ranks. Uh, But he has, again, the as we've outlined with Nuke and Deshaun Watson, the nice Houston schedule upcoming, home against the Falcons this week. So I'm, I'm telling you guys this week, we're going to get the 50-yard-plus fuller score. Greg the leg, 12 points again. I mean, I'm just going to keep on saying it. this was well worth a ninth-round pick. I can't tell you anyone else who's drafted in the ninth round or tenth round, but he's K2 on the year, 14 points, 9 points, 10 points, 12 points. Um, the pros tell you not to draft one, but it's an inefficiency, and you would do well to draft elite kickers early. Patriots defense, 26 points, which is almost, it's just getting laughable now, really. I mean, I picked him up in week one to play them the following week. I didn't play them in week one, uh, thinking the Steelers would be a bad matchup, really, for defensive points when he put up 13. Then since then, since I've had them, 42 points, 17 points, 26 points. They're basically scoring like the best player in fantasy. Um, And I guess with the skins up and the Giants up and the Jets up as the next three games, that may not slow down either. It does get a little bit more difficult as the season Stretches on Philly, Dallas, Houston, Chiefs um, as we creep towards the playoffs. But I guess I think they proved like when you have hot DSTs in years prior, like we've had the Vikings and the Bears been insane before, you just sort of have to roll them each week um, as a sort of 
you know, a, a, a gold asset, really. Uh, you can't really trade them away. You just have to just have to play it out and see what happens. Um, on the bench, Duke Johnson, 78 yards. It seems to be that in the games the Texans lose, Duke Johnson does well. So in the games they've lost, he's had 90 all-purpose yards and 78 all-purpose yards. In the games they've won, he's had 31 yards and 24 yards. Uh, I imagine the, maybe the inverse is the same for Carlos Hyde. Um, so Melvin Gordon on the bench, he'll go into the starting lineup next week. Um, Chase Edmonds had 37 rushing yards and then obviously Terry McLaurin F1 was injured and inactive didn't play and Chris Herndon uh, finishes his suspension this week and should be back the following week after uh, Rex Goatee Burkhead just the seven yards as I think he was questionable coming in and it was a late game time decision and played but it looks like they did most of their work with um, Michelle's well, 17 carries um, White's work and then Bolden Bolton touchdown um, over to Pimpernet Leasy. He started Daniel Jones, who was the like hot stream of the week guy. Uh, everyone convinced in the end, he's, uh, rookie things happened and he threw a couple of picks and only finished with uh, 12 points on the day. Todd Gurley saved his game with a couple of rushing touchdowns. The 10-yard rushing touchdown was quite classic Gurley, I thought, really. Um, sort of bullying his way in behind blockers from the 12 yards out. That looked good, but only 16 rushing yards. And I guess his 54 receiving yards sort of covered up uh, the blemishes of that, that running game is really, really struggling in, in LA. Dalvin Cook continued doing his Dalvin Cook things and he got into the end zone. Probably his lowest yardage output of the season, only 70 total yards, but he got a score again. And that's probably the toughest matchup they have for a long time against Chicago. They get the Giants uh, next, then the Eagles, too bad the Eagles stop the run. But the Giants, the Lions, the Redskins, Chiefs, Cowboys, you know, he's running back three on the year. That's where we all expect him to continue to stay. Marvin Jones, who was tossed aside by Seabon as not worthy of a roster spot, uh, has since put up 16 points and seven points. Uh, Tyler Boyd, who was due, I thought was going to explode on Monday Night Football, saying that the Steelers have been eviscerated by uh, slot receivers on, so far in the year. Um, Boyd was due a score and he'd had decent yardage and air yards, but only 33 yards as the Bengals just looked outmatched uh, by the Steelers' defence, really Dalton under pressure all night. TJ Hockensock and Robot was uh, one receiving touchdown, finally. So after the 15 map was spent, we managed to get 27 yards and a score, although we had a concussion. Uh, and was wheeled off, wasn't he? So I'm not sure if he's going to be um, available, but apparently this analysis in NFL.com is saying that it was already reported earlier on Monday that Hawkinson isn't a candidate for IR, which could mean his injury isn't long-term in nature. So we'll see. I guess it looked pretty nasty if he's getting stretched off and he's got dinged, but it's a bye this week anyway, so I guess there's a chance he returns the week after for the Packers. Carlos Hyde, 64 all-purpose yards against the... Who's the player against Falcons? Uh, he's been eight points, nine points, seven points, six points. So he seems to be in that running back three range. And I guess you keep on. Uh, he's still, you know, getting the majority of the carries in the backfield. Uh, and he had a short score last week. So I guess you keep on rolling him out there as a flex play. Will Lutz, good day for a stud kicker as he kicked all of the uh, Saints points in a 12 10 win. And the Colts defense in what looked like a beautiful spot home against the Raiders who hadn't won in Oakland since 2001. Uh, they only got they only got three points and they shockingly lost the game. It's obviously good for everyone else in the AFC South. Jared Cook on the bench during 21 yards. I think Cook can be dropped safely now that um, Bridgewater's in there. Drew Brees, again, I, I, I'd drop him. T.Y. Hilton, unfortunately, was inactive, which would have helped. Paul Richardson picked up because McLaren F1 was injured, but only managed to put up 14 receiving yards as they flipped quarterbacks mid-game. Philip Dorsett, 
I mean, it's only 19 yards, which is disappointing. And he, but he was on the field for 40 of 65 snaps, and that's not a nice matchup against Buffalo. Uh, I still think the Dorset pickup is a good pickup, and it should be much better against Washington and then the Giants and then the Jets uh, in the next three weeks. Uh, and Gustavus Edwards, who I guess is just more of a hold in case Ingram gets injured, just chipped in with 36 yards. So, yeah, that's it. That's a summary. That's all the game's gone over. As we have a quick look at the standings, uh, saving Potato Ryan. Um, I'm not sure how it's doing tiebreakers on this one. Um, so apologies if these are wrong. I think it does them on points possibly on this one, whereas not head-to-head. But it's got the Unicorn in first place. And did the Unicorn beat Jay? Let's have a look. Fellowship of the Unicorn beat Leezy. What happened in week two? Did he play Jay in week one? Yes, and he beat Jay. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, and he's just beat Ryan. So, Salt is 2-0 and in the division. And he's top at 2-2. Two and two, And he scored the most points, 393. So, it goes uh, Salt, then Jay, then Ryan in the saving potato Ryan division. In Empire of the Insect, it's 4-0 Wadlow. Then 2-2 two and two Wasters and the 1-3 and three Roach. In Irons and the Hine, they're all at 2-2. Two and two. So, it's got 21st and Hine in the first place. Then Triple Z in second, and it's got Bush Johnson in third. I'm not sure how that tie break would play out based on divisions, but if they're all tied, it would at the moment it would go to division records to try and eliminate the lowest person, and then after that's eliminated the third person, it would go to head-to-head record. And if that's even, it would then go back to division records, and if that's even, it would then go back to points scored. So anyone in Irons and the Hind, you're welcome to figure that out. And then in Division Four, two chumps, two chumps, two champs, and a little tinker. It's the big dog top at three and one. Uh, Tinkering second at two and two, and the dollar in last place at one and three. Should the woman be punished for having an abortion? There has to be some form of punishment. A person who's flat-chested is very hard to be a 10. Planned Parenthood should absolutely be defunded. They said, how are you going to change the pageant? I said, I'm going to get the bathing suits to be smaller and the heels to be higher. You wouldn't have your job if you weren't beautiful. How do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a, a position like they had where people will perhaps go to illegal places. Yeah. But you have to ban it. So you treat women with respect. Uh, I can't say that either. All right, good.